Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, Welcome to a special Wednesday edition of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We do have three Thanksgiving Day games, so might as well bring out the matchup podcast one day earlier this week, right? So, you know, we're, we're prepared going into Thursday, right? Uh, you know, with one game on Thursday night, you know, it doesn't have, you know, huge implications over, you know, uh, the rest of the fantasy week. Uh, but, you know, with three games on Thursday, it definitely does. So let, let's get right into it. Let, let's get into the Bears at the Lions. Uh, the Bears are favored by three and a half points. Uh, this is a 41 and a half over under. Uh, probably not a lot of scoring in this one. But um, on the Bears side, uh, David Montgomery, he's an every down back. He's had a couple of low scoring games, and that's fine. Well, I mean, it's not fine if you lost over the last couple of weeks with him in your lineup, but I'm continuing to start him as a borderline RB1 because of his role, okay? Uh, he's, he's seeing more than 80% of snaps. Uh, he's on the field whether they're losing, whether they're winning, game script independent, uh, passing downs, all that. He just kind of needs more touches. And I think with Andy Dalton, you know, on Thursday, I think that could potentially happen. Um, and, and the opponent, right? Teams are running against the Lions more than just about any team. They're allowing the second most attempts against them. They're allowing the fourth most rushing yards. They're, they've allowed the fourth most rushing yards over the last two weeks. Uh, so Montgomery should be in lineups this week. Uh, Darnell Mooney has been getting it done. Uh, Allen Robinson is not 100%. If A-Rob doesn't play, uh, I think Mooney is a solid wide receiver three in this matchup. A-Rob, if he does play, I think Mooney is an upside play. Um, you know, upside flex play maybe. Um, you know, actually more like a low-end wide receiver three, I would say, if A-Rob does play. Um you know, Mooney's been hogging the target share over the last few weeks, though, you know, with or without Allen Robinson. The Lions are in the top 10 and giving up chunk passing plays, uh, you know, or I guess you would say bottom 10 if you're talking on the defensive side. that They're not good at it, let's say that. Um, but in both categories, of 20-plus yards given up in the past game, 40-plus yard plays as well. Um, you know, so there is some upside here for some big plays uh, with Darnell Mooney. So, yeah, it does look like Andy Dalton is starting this game. I, I'm not interested in streaming him, just in case you were wondering. Um, it, it does look like Jared Goff will start on Thursday. Um, you know, uh, I'm firing up TJ Hawkinson. He still got it done last week with a solid return, even without Goff. Uh, not the best matchup, but Hawkinson is their number one receiver. Uh, more than 30% target share in two of the last three weeks. Um, you know, one of them was a goose egg, right? But you kind of have to throw that one out based on what he's been doing all season. DeAndre Swift, solid RB1 play, um, and he gets an upgrade in PPR leagues. This is not a tough matchup for DeAndre Swift. The Bears are low-key, have low-key been giving up some fantasy points to running backs and also giving up uh, rushing um, 
yards too. Like like they're like I think, I think in the top ten in terms of uh, most rushing yards given up this season. Raiders at the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys are favored by seven points, fifty and a half over under. Uh, Darren Waller is a high-end tight end one. Keep starting him in a good matchup. He's starting to find his groove a little bit. Hunter Renfro is a PPR flex play, you know, high floor kind of guy, probably not a big ceiling. He hasn't gone over 50 yards over the last three games, but you're playing him just to kind of get some points. Uh, Dallas does have a pretty good nickel defense, so temper expectations with him. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he's a low-end running back too. He hasn't been able to rack up carries with the Raiders losing lately, uh, you know, he is getting some targets, four, five, seven targets over the last three games, but it's not resulting in a ton of production. The, 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 the receptions keep his floor relatively safe, but he's averaging less than five yards per catch each of the last three games. His floor is hovering around 10 points in PPR. Uh, now, Dallas has been, you know, has given up a bunch of rushing yards over their last few games, uh, but the Raiders will have to either keep it close or they'll have to be winning for him to, to get some volume. Um, you know, I would love to trade Jacobs away if I could in a package, right, to upgrade somewhere else before my trade deadline. He doesn't have to be the main guy in the package, but he could be like the complimentary piece in a package, right? You know, obviously, you know, if you're, if you're trading for a running back, a, a higher end running back, right, like usually a team would want at least a running back back. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he could be that guy who you're giving up where, you know, people are like, okay, I'm trading you a high-end running back here, but at least, you know, I can get that receiver that I wanted and I can get a low-end, you know, RB2 in return. So that that, that, that kind of makes sense to me. Derek Carr hasn't had those high yardage games lately. That's really where his fantasy value comes from. It's not like he's like throwing a ton of touchdowns every single week. Um, you know, and, and lately he hasn't been doing that, right? So you can stream him in what might be a high scoring game, but you know, there's a bit of volatility here with Derek Carr. Amari Cooper will likely be out for this game uh, because of COVID. Uh, CeeDee Lamb was pretty much ruled out with the concussion early in the week. Um, according to like Ian Rappaport, but Mike McCarthy has said that Lamb has a chance to play, uh, given that he was allowed to be in team meetings as early as Monday. Um, so all hope isn't lost uh, yet, you know, for C.D. Lamb. Now having C.D. would definitely be a boost for Dak Prescott. Um, you know, he's gonna Dak Prescott will take a hit without his top two wide receivers if 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 they can't play. You know, I still feel like he can get it done. He's always a threat to run a touchdown in. He has Dalton Schultz. He has depended on his other wide receivers, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, his running backs as well. So I'd say that I'd say Dak is still a low end QB one for me this week. Um, definitely still startable. I, I'm not getting too cute here. You know, with his wide receivers out. Um, he should be able to bounce back after a, you know <laughs> a two point game last week. Probably lost a bunch of people their fantasy matchups last week, um, for sure. Michael Gallup, I would say he's a wide receiver three for me this week. If Lamb ends up not playing, I'd upgrade Gallup a bit, um, even more. Right? He did see ten targets last week, which accounted for twenty four percent of the target share. Um, if Lamb doesn't play. Cedric Wilson, you know, would be a solid flex play as well. He saw seventeen percent of targets last week. This is a relatively tough matchup for the wide receivers. Jamar Chase was held to three catches for 31 yards. He did catch a touchdown last week. Uh, Higgins caught only two balls for 15 yards. So, you know, not great. Okay, this isn't a slam dunk for these guys. So keep that in mind, you know, when you throw them in your lineup this week. Uh, if CD does play, he's a high-end uh, wide receiver to play, uh, even in the tough matchup, even with the potential Casey Hayward shadow, who's been balling this year. Uh, but, you know, CD will still be, still be in my lineup if he plays. 
Dalton Schultz gets an upgrade this week given the injuries to the wide receivers. He's a solid tight end one until his wide receiver core uh, is at full strength. Zeke's getting in full practices, so that's great. Looks like he's okay after you know seemingly seemingly suffering an ankle injury last week. It looked worse than it was, I guess. Um, but he couldn't rack up any volume last week. But his six catches on six targets definitely helped his floor. Um, you know, I'm starting him as a low end RB one right now, given the fact that he hasn't been able to rack up volume for a few games now. You know, 13 opportunities, 17 opportunities, 17 opportunities over the last three games. You know, last week, you know, Cowboys just couldn't sustain any drives. Um, you know, and then against the, the Broncos too, a couple weeks, you know, three weeks ago, they couldn't sustain any drives. So hopefully that changes this week, and hopefully they can get back on track. Okay, the the third uh, this is the night game uh, on Thanksgiving: the Bills at the Saints. Um, is it just me or are these a little bit of, of underwhelming matchups <laughs> for Thanksgiving? Uh, I mean, hopefully they're good games, right? So, you know, I would love to be surprised and these games be kind of close and all that. So we'll see. Um, or, or maybe I just focus on family and not even worry, <laughs> not even worry about the games. Right. Um, but we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully these games are good. Um, but the bills at the saints, the bills are favored by four points, 46 and a half over under. Uh, the Bills' backfield is in a three-way split right now with Matt Breida on the up. Um, he handled the majority of the rushing workload last week, even though it was only five carries. That tells you how much the Bills run the ball, um, or don't run the ball, I should say. He's an interesting pickup you know, in deeper leagues in case his role grows because uh, he's been extremely efficient, but I won't be starting anyone in this backfield right now. Josh Allen has been a bit disappointing over the last few weeks. We haven't seen that upside since week eight. But QBs have been getting it done over the last four weeks against the Saints. Uh, Brady, Ryan, Tannehill, well, <laughs> Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts last week, you know, even though it was mostly on the ground for him. Uh, but Allen has some upside this week. He's a high-end QB1 uh, still, uh, despite, you know, a couple games over his last couple weeks not being great. Uh, the Saints have give, have been giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Um, you know they're one of the leakiest teams when it comes to defending wide receivers. So Diggs obviously in your lineup. Uh, Cole Beasley gets an upgrade given the fact that the Saints have given up a bunch of fantasy points to wide receivers to slot wide receivers over the last four, uh, five weeks. Second most coming into last week based on the you know the, the previous four weeks. So if this game is competitive, I think Beasley should get some opportunity. Um, Emmanuel Sanders has been very disappointing since the week seven bye. He's averaging 5.8 PPR fantasy points over the last four weeks. That's terrible, right? He can't be trusted, you know, but he's a boom bust flex option right now. Very volatile option, um, but he has the opportunity to boom in this matchup on paper, right? Um, you know, given how bad the Saints have been on the perimeter, you know, he could do his thing. But he's had a couple of these opportunities over the last four weeks. I mean, if you look at his last four weeks, he had Miami, Jacksonville, the Jets, and Indy. Those are all matchups that were sweet as hell on the perimeter, right? So, you know, he was targeted more than five times only once in that span. So, you know, you got to temper expectations with Sanders moving forward. Dawson Knox is a good start. Uh, the matchup might not look great on paper, but Knox is back to a full-time role this you know this past week. He ran a route on almost 100% of Josh Allen's dropbacks. He had a 25% target share, so you know he's someone you, you know you should start as a tight end one. Trevor Simeon might be able to make a wide receiver relevant in New Orleans, uh, and it's probably going to be Traquan Smith. You know he's had at least 20% target share over the last two weeks. He's the only wide receiver. Um, to be running around on nearly every dropback. So, you know, Adam Trotman banged up with the MCL injury. He's going to miss time. 
um, you know, probably the rest of the regular season for fantasy. So Smith, you know, he could be a solid flex play moving forward. Um, and, you know, if this continues, he could potentially maybe make his way into the top 36. But I, 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 I have my doubts, but it's possible. Um, tough matchup this week, right? So not excited. But just know that he's been getting it done in PPR leagues with like a 10-point floor over the last four weeks. And his targets have been going up. Um, seven and eight targets over the past two games. So no word on Alvin Kamara, whether he's going to play. Um, I am recording this on Wednesday morning, so we should get some more answers later in the day. Um, he didn't practice on Tuesday, neither did Mark Ingram. If Kamara plays, you play him as an RB1. If Ingram plays and Kamara doesn't, Ingram is an RB2. If Ingram can't go, Tony Jones would pop- probably be the play as an RB2. But Ty Montgomery is going to throw a wrench into all this because he got a full practice in this week. He might split with Jones, so keep that in mind. Um, he might even split with Ingram if he plays, right? Because he was splitting with Ingram to start the game two weeks ago before uh, Montgomery uh, hurt his finger early in that game. Um, so Tony Jones, you know, might not be that slam dunk play, right, if Ingram misses. But, you know, I do think he is definitely the play over Montgomery. I'll say that. Um, I'd probably be conservative, you know, here because of the tough matchup. Don't have that high of expectations. Um, also, if Montgomery... You know, might even you know he might even end up splitting time with Ingram. Who knows? It's possible. I am uh, reading into this too much. Um, it's you know what I'm saying. Like, but you know, it was it was Jones' first game back last week from IR, so we can't know for sure that Ingram is just the guy. Even if Tony gets healthier, um, it, it, it's possible he was going to be more of their emergency back last week in his first game after being activated from IR. Um, I feel like Kamara is the only safe bet at this point. Yes, can I be reading this into reading into this too much? Trying to overanalyze this situation, maybe. But um, I'm just trying to like outline what the range of you know potential outcomes can be. Hope that helps. Okay, those are the Thanksgiving games. Let's let's go over a few more of uh, the games on Sunday again. Like, so I'm going to go over half the games in this podcast, and I'm going to come out with another podcast. Uh, hopefully very soon, as soon as I'm done, uh, you know, kind of going over all the games and, you know, you know, charting this out, uh, you know, making the matchups make sense in my head. Uh, I'm going to put out the podcast and the rankings. I'm going to try to get up also, um, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully ace that that's my goal. Um, so let's move on to the Titans of the Patriots. The Patriots are favored by five and a half points, 44 and a half over under. AJ Brown's banged up. His x-rays did come up negative for his ribs, um, but we'll see if he ends up suiting up this week. He, if he doesn't, uh, if he does play, he's a wide receiver to play. Um, I downgraded him just a bit because of the matchup. The Patriots did a good job taking away Kyle Pitts as the number one option a couple weeks ago, you know, as like that. You know, when when a team walks in with like this clear number one option, right, the Patriots are going to do their best to take that away. Um, I can see them doubling AJ Brown all game long, but, you know, Brown is capable of doing a lot. So, you know, the hope is that, you know, the Titans are equally as prepared for the game plan and just keep him involved throughout, you know, underneath and intermediate as well. Um, Marcus Johnson was placed on IR. Julio Jones is already on IR. So uh, Nick Westbrook, Ikina is the wide receiver that might have fantasy relevance. And if the Patriots choose to take away Brown, if he plays, you know, Westbrook might have a good game. Um, I would say he's a flex play in deep leagues. But we saw him have a 100-yard game last week on seven catches, and then we saw Marcus Johnson have a 100-yard game the week before. So there's some possibilities here. If if Adrian Brown is out, 
I, I doubt the Patriots just go, you know, over the top and try to take Westbrook out the game, right? I don't think that would be their focus. My guess is that they play a more balanced game. But still, this is a tough overall matchup regardless. The last two 100-yard games I spoke about with these guys were against New Orleans and Houston, right, which were good matchups. So if I can choose to avoid, um, you know, these guys not named A.J. Brown, I would when it comes to, you know, and when it comes to Westbrook. Uh, the Titans cut Adrian Peterson. They kept Dontrell Hilliard. And if, if Jeremy McNichols is still in concussion protocol, Hilliard would be in play as a PPR flex option at running back. Um, if McNichols is back, I think he just takes the rollback and he's the PPR flex option instead. Um, the hope is that it's one of these guys as the passing down back and then Deontay Foreman as the main early down back. That's the hope. Um, maybe there's room for him, for Deontay Foreman to start racking up some 15 plus carry games now that Peterson is out of the picture. But I would say, you know, Foreman is a desperate flex play, you know, because of the wide range of outcomes for him, right? I really want to see how this backfield plays out and shapes out before I put him in my lineup. Um, but I can understand, you know, if you're, you know, if you're in a pinch. Uh, but the Patriots have allowed the third most receptions among running backs uh, over the last four weeks and the third most receptions to running backs over the entire year as well. So keep that in mind when it comes to McNichols and Hilliard. Uh, I don't really want to stream Tannehill in this one. AJ Brown's banged up, uh, and even if he plays, he might be taken out. You know, for the most part, Tannehill has thrown one touchdown only each of the last three games, so I might avoid him this particular week. The Patriots' backfield has turned into a three-man committee between Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson as the early down guys, and then Brandon Bolden as the passing down back. So Stevenson has showed a ton of burst. You know, Harris still looks good too. You know, these two were rotating on a per-series basis last week. Uh, That moves both of them into the upside flex categories. Um... You know, I think both have the upside for some yardage and a touchdown every single week, uh, you know, and, and this week as well. You know, given how effective the run game has been uh, this year, right? This is part of why I was looking to sell Damian Harris high uh, because Stevenson was making his way into the rotation, um, you know, as soon as a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, neither of these guys had an opportunity at a goal line carry last week, but we'll see if they prefer one guy over the other or, or if they just rotate there as well. This is a good matchup for Jacoby Myers. He's a PPR flex play. Um, the matchup might be the tiebreaker, you know, for you if you need it. The Titans are vulnerable out of the slot. They're giving up the most fantasy points this year to slot wide receivers. Uh, you know, still, you know, Jacoby Myers' ceiling isn't that high, uh, but he does have a shot at a decent game. Hunter Henry's routes went down last week because of John Smith's return, and when John was running a route, he's getting targeted. Henry, I would say, is a touchdown or bust option, you know. I think we know that about him at this point. Um, I'm continuing to play the Patriots defense, obviously, until they show us why they can't. They're they're balling. Okay, moving on to the Jets at the Texans. The Texans are favored by three points, 44 over under. Uh, Michael Carter has a high ankle sprain. He'll be out a couple of weeks. So I do think Ty Johnson is the play over Tevin Coleman. Uh, Coleman got some carries last week, but Johnson did outsnap him uh, after Carter left the game last week. Uh, you know, I'm not going to assume that the Jets are going to keep this one close, right? I think Johnson is going to be involved in the rushing game. He's definitely going to be involved in the passing game as well. Um, you know, he's going to be the passing down guy. So, you know, hopefully he can rack up some targets. Uh, 18% of Zach Wilson's targets went to running back, so I think he'll he'll be plenty involved. Um, I would say he's probably like a PPR flex play this week uh, because of the slight ambiguity between him and Tevin Coleman. Uh, but there's a chance he also gets goal line carries too. Coleman has zero 
carries inside the five this year, and Ty Johnson has five, two less than Carter. So I'm not comfortable playing Tevin Coleman personally. Uh, if Mike White was the quarterback, I'd be like all in on Ty Johnson as like a solid RB two because of because of how much White peppers his running backs. But it seems like Joe Flacco has left him on the depth chart too. So like even if you know even if Zach Wilson were to uh, get hurt, I, I I don't know that they they throw in Mike White right. We'll see. Uh, Elijah Moore finally playing as a full-time wide receiver. What we've been waiting for. Um, he ran around on more than 85% of Joe Flacco's dropbacks last week, and that was really all that was holding him back. And as soon as he does that, he absolutely kills it. So I think he has upside regardless of who's at quarterback. You know, even with Zach Wilson back, I think as long as he's running as many routes as he is, with the Jets passing the ball more than most teams, he's a high-end wide receiver three moving forward. Uh, including this week in a great matchup. Houston's allowing a ton of fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, and Moore ran a route on the outside 71% of the time last week. Uh, Corey Davis, he's a little sneaky too because of the matchup, because of what I said about the perimeter ma- perimeter um, vulnerability. Um, you know, and because we've seen Wilson favor him early in the year um, and target him, you know, when there are good matchups, he I would say he's a flex play uh, with some upside this week. On the Texan side, it's tempting to play these running backs, but I'm, I'm just not going to. Uh, Mark Ingram got traded. David Johnson got an increase in playing time the following week, then gets a decrease in playing time. Then Philip Lindsay gets more work, leads the team in rushing attempts in week nine. Then he gets cut. And now Rex Burkhead leads this team in rushing attempts last week. And now what? Will David Johnson lead the team now in rushing attempts? Like, I, I don't know. Like, the matchup is great, you know, but who are you playing? Are you playing Burkhead? Play Burkhead. Good luck with that. I think he's a boom-bust flex, if that, I guess. Brandon Cooks is a good start this week. Uh, the Texans weirdly took control of the game last week against Tennessee, and then they just ran all over them. Uh, but Cooks saw less than 20% of targets in two of his last three games. Uh, but I think Cooks is still a high-end wide receiver three-play. We'll see if he becomes more volatile moving forward, but the Jets' secondary is struggling right now, so I'd be looking to start him. I can see Tyrod Taylor... Uh, being a decent streamer this week if you really need it. Um, you know, not the best option, but, it, it, you know, he, he can get it done for you against the Jets. Eagles at the Giants. Uh, the Eagles are favored by 3.5 points, 46.5 point over under. Uh, the Eagles are a run-heavy team right now. Ain't no other way to say it. It does lower Jalen Hurts' ceiling a bit, though. I, I know that sounds weird to say. Three rushing touchdowns last week was great, but that, that's not going to happen every week. He threw for less than 200 yards in five of his last six games. Uh, the rushing floor is great, and he'll have, you know, he'll have a floor, you know. But if I can sell him right now, hear me out, and get a solid QB1 in return and a running back or a wide receiver who can help me moving forward as well, I might consider that after, you know, this big game that he had. But either way, I'm starting him every week, obviously. But, you know, I'll be exploring some trade options right now, okay? Um, He's, you know, he's, like, with a pat. See, here's the thing. (laughs) I feel like i got to explain myself. With with, with a high-volume passing offense in Jalen Hurts, he's dropping back more. He has the upside for th- of, of throwing for 300 yards, which he's fully capable of because we've seen it multiple times. Um, and then he has the option of tucking the ball and running. So you have those, you have those, um, you know, you have those carries, but then you also have the design rushes as well on top of that. So like that's, when you combine all of that, that's where the upside is at. Now, if he's not dropping back as much, you're taking away a little bit of that game. 
Okay. Um, so that's kind of where I, where I kind of say like, okay, you know, if they continue to be a run heavy team, um, it might not be great for, for him in terms of like the upside, but you know, his floor is going to be there. I hope that makes sense. Um, Jordan Howard's hurt, so Miles Sanders is a high-end RB2 because of it. Uh, Sanders was on his way to take full control of this backfield, potentially rack up a ton of volume last week if he didn't fumble early. Um, It caused him to go to the bench for a lot of this game. But even with that, he still ended up with 16 carries, 94 yards against a really good defense, a run defense, right? Um, I think there's a good shot. Sanders sees 20-plus carries this week, um, so he'll be in my lineup in a good matchup. Dallas Goddard, you know, he'll be blowing up right now if this wasn't such a run-heavy offense. More than 35% target share in two of his last three games, and that was because that other the other game he had a concussion early in Week 10. It probably would have been the same thing there too. Um, you know, he he I think he got tackled at the one, right, in one, on one play last week. Uh, he had a touchdown that was called back as well, right? So he would have had a big game last week. He's going to blow up soon. Um, similar thing with Devontae Smith, more than 27% target share over the last three weeks. You keep starting him as a high and wide receiver three. Um, you know, it's a run heavy team, but so the 27% target share doesn't a- a- account for, you know, a ton of like raw targets. I think it was only six targets this, be- this week and last week. Um, a little bit of a tough matchup this week against James Bradbury. Although, you know, he has been lending up a bit this season. So not necessarily staying away because of it. Um, Jason Garrett is gone. You know, he's not the offensive coordinator for the Giants anymore. New offense is coming, incoming for the Giants. Uh, they'll probably keep it simple, right, in this first week with Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. Um, can't install drastic changes in one week, so, you know, probably will be simplifying the playbook. But hopefully adding more pre-stat movement, more motion, that sort of thing. This is a tough matchup for the Giants wide receivers this week. I, I, I don't see, you know, how we can have confidence playing any of these guys right now after what we saw on Monday. We also don't know where the targets are going to flow. Is it Tony? Is it Galladay? Will Shepard be back? Now, if Shepard plays, I think I'd be willing to play him as a PPR wide receiver three. And if he doesn't, I'd lean Tony. Uh, although I, I think Tony did leave last week with an injury. Um, so that is a variable in and of itself. So, you know, there's so much movement in terms of the personnel for the Giants this year. Like, I I, I definitely won't be starting Galladay. <laughs> that's for sure but but i think later in the week we'll have a better idea uh, of what of who is going to be playing for the giants this week um saquon barkley you know i'd be willing to start him as an rb2 this week he didn't get his full roll back the first week you know off, off of ir but that should go back to normal soon and once that happens he'll be an rb1 player for me he was heavily involved in the past game last week um you know on monday night catching all six of his targets um, so, you know, he is going to be an RB1. It's just a matter of time before he gets his full workload back. Uh, the Bucks at the Colts. Uh, the Bucks are favored by two and a half points, 51 point over under. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously, in your lineup. This could be a back and forth game. So that that's really good for these quarterbacks. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup for Mike Evans. The Colts haven't been good on the perimeter this year. Uh, no word on whether AB is going to be back this week or not. Um, Chris Godwin, and if he is, he has a great matchup as well. Uh, but Chris Godwin has a slightly tougher matchup. The Colts' nickel defense is slightly better than their perimeter defense with Kenny Moore as their primary nickel defender. Um, I'm still playing him, though, as a wide receiver, too. 
Leonard Fournette continues to be very involved in the pass game. You know, he's on a great offense, so he should be viewed as a solid RB2 right now. He hasn't scored in three games, so that sucks, and this matchup isn't great. Um, still, he'll most likely be in my lineup because he's going to have some boom weeks, you know, because of the offense. And, you know, this being a back-and-forth game, I can see that. I can see him potentially, you know, plunging into the end zone once or twice. Um at least he has that solid floor, you know, because of that role in the past game. Six targets on Monday night, nine targets the week prior. Um, so, you know, he, he's going to be a solid RB2 for you at the very least. Gronk came back to a nice role on Monday night. He's never going to be running, you know, a route on like every weighty drop back or anywhere close to it. But he will get targeted at a high, you know, rate on, on a per route basis. So he had eight targets on Monday night, he, even though he ran, you know, less than like 60%. Um, uh, ran around with like less than 60% of dropbacks, but um, he had eight targets. He caught six of them for 71 yards. Good matchup this week. I would say he's like a low-end tight end one, but he has the upside of finishing as like the overall tight end one any given week. Carson Wentz is a very solid streamer this week. You know, what should be a competitive game. He, you know, he's going up against a secondary that can be beat. Um, so, you know, he, he's a solid streamer this week. Or, you know, is he really a streamer at this point? He's, he should be a low-end low end QB1, right? Um, Michael Pittman should be able to have a bounce back game this week. He's a high and wide receiver too for me. Um, uh, he's the, he'll definitely be in my lineup. Vita Vea, uh, should be back this week according to Bruce Arians. So we'll see how well Jonathan Taylor can do against this strong front for the Bucks. Either way, JT, obviously in your lineup. Um, and that's it. That's all, that's all I got for this part, this particular podcast. I got, uh, eight more matchups. Uh, coming to you in the next podcast. Um, I'm trying to get my rankings up first. So, uh, you know, upperhandfantasy.com is where the rankings are. I also provide context for these players as well. Um, so, you know, but I'll be honest with you, it's basically the same exact content that goes into the podcast. So you're going to see it in both spots. I like to, you know, repurpose uh, this content. So, it, you know, it makes my weeks a little bit easier and I'm not doing the same thing twice, if that makes sense. So, Hope you guys uh, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Just in case I don't, uh, I don't talk to you guys before Turkey Day, um, and you know, enjoy your time with your family. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm personally thankful for you guys, and you know how much support that you've shown me through the Upper Hand Fantasy account on Instagram, or, or through the podcast, or whatever. You know, through DMs, through comments. I, I really, really, really appreciate you guys um, a ton. So thank you for, for thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, by the way. Um, if you're going to play underdog, underdog tomorrow, it's a good time to play because you have three games to choose from. You know, instead of having to choose from one game on Thursday night, one game on Monday night, you know, obviously Sunday is a great time to play too because you have a bunch of stuff to choose from. But there are a bunch of options, right, over these three games. And I'm going to be putting out uh, underdog post hopefully uh, later today on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, underdog fantasy. Uh, go download their app. If you use the code Upper Hand, their promotion right now is is pretty good. They're giving up. They're giving away a 100% match on your initial deposit. All right. If you use up to $100, if you use the code Upper Hand, um, before their their promotion was only you know giving up giving away $10 with any deposit on your first deposit, but now they're matching the first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they're gonna give you an extra 100 bucks on top of that. If you put in like you know 50 bucks, they're gonna give you an extra 50 bucks on top of that. Why not? Take advantage of the free money. This is a great time to sign up um, and, you know, in, enjoy some games and have something to root for on Thursday. Um, so code upper hand. Make sure you use that on the underdog app. Um, but, yeah, guys, take it easy. I uh, really appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.